Welcome back to Friday Island Podcast. This is Zach and also Neil. Zach, I I don't think we should start out this chipper. Why? I want to start out chipper. Haven't you heard, Zach? Hmm. There's been a massacre. Not a not a murder in Savannah. Several <laughs> massacres. What? In fact, there oh has been gosh. four massacres. I don't like massacres. I don't want that. Four massacres spread out over the course of 50 years. What? Which is uh, 50 years too many. That's way too many. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that either. Well, today we're talking about uh, four massacres. Yeah. Um, we're, we're doing things a little differently. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies are so iconic in their badness Mm -hmm. except for the original Mm -hmm. so we thought we'll take a look at the original and then we will briefly take a look at all of the reboots now when we say reboots we mean reboots Mm. not necessarily sequels or prequels or prequels so we're not looking at the leatherface movies we're not looking at texas chainsaw massacre the beginning and we're not looking at massacre 2 which right. I actually genuinely enjoy. <laughs> Our only criteria is that it must be called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It, it can only have those three words. Yeah. Texas yeah. Chainsaw and Massacre. Yeah, with some flexibility about the numbers. <laughs> ab- ab- about the V. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too. So, look, the original one was in... Uh, 74. 1974. Yep. Mm. The 2003 one was in 2003. <laughs> what? Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D was 2013. And the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 2022. Amazing. Good stuff. So, Zach, why don't you go ahead and introduce the first one? All right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974. Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within. Something armed with a chainsaw. Wow. What? Why did they guess. word it like that? Yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ooh, I'm gonna entice you. It's, it's like wild. It's got something with something. a chainsaw. Something sinister? I, I don't know if, if Leatherface is sinister, though. Well, uh, let's run through that, Neil, real quick. He is a cannibal. He wears human skin for a mask. Um, he hacks people up with a chainsaw. Uh-huh. I don't know what your definition of sinister is, but I think he checks the... He, he takes the boxes for me. I really think Leatherface is just confused. Well, that's true. He, he works in a, in a uh, slaughterhouse, right? And his family is like slaughterhouse people well technically um, they they don't have jobs and that's why they eat people because they can't afford any food and that's why they did in the first place but his family did work in some right. houses but leatherface doesn't really you know have it all there for yeah, lack no. of a better term yeah. um so i i think that he, his eyesight is just not the best and he <laughs> thinks all these poor innocent teenagers are pigs and he's right. looking to slaughter them for his family Right, yeah, I mean, he needs to get that bacon, you know? You gotta get that bacon, indeed. Other, other people are getting the bread, he's getting the bacon. <laughs> so, Zach, this film is, or was, disturbing. I don't know how disturbing it is, really, by today's standards, because there's been a lot of... It's disturbing. Re- 
<laughs> gruesome, uh, grungy stuff. Yeah. But I think what makes this one different is just how realistic it is. Yeah. In terms of how it's presented. Absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. I, I rewatched it just earlier today, and my letterbox review was man, it just <laughs> just doesn't let up. Like it just stays equally as disturbing as it was the first time I saw it. It's just like really hard to watch. Um and in yes. the best way. Really, really in the best way possible. Um it's it's a fascinating movie, especially I think the thing that just blows me away when I see it every single time is the set design. Yes. It is incredible that set design, especially the room with the the chicken feathers all over the floor and the random bones all over the floor and then the the birds uh the bird cage with the chicken inside and then so much furniture that's just covered or made out of bones and it's just right. like this is actual hell on earth and it looks so gritty and messy and real and they really 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 spend their time showing the audience every bit of it in a really 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 smart way yeah that it really just traps you in there and you totally believe it it's brilliant right yeah there's there's just a sense of real craziness to it you know mm -hmm. like one of the reasons why i especially didn't like the 2003 one and we'll talk about it more after the break um was just it felt like their the family which what's what's the family's like last family, name uh sawyer the, yeah the the sawyer family and the 2003 one it just felt like they were acting crazy yes whereas yeah. i feel like the sawyer family in the original like actually is crazy yeah and and we can get into that at least on the half that covers this movie in this yeah. movie Oh my gosh, it's so true. Their their craziness. I mean, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I, I think I can speak on on both of our behalfs when I say that it is it really, really holds up. They are upsetting in how right. genuinely crazy they are. And I don't mean like it doesn't it doesn't feel like your typical crazy your typical forced kind of craziness because they right. don't go to the obvious things <laughs> lol like, so random look at me yeah i'm I'm crazy and zany and stuff like the guy right. like first he like when they pick up the hitchhiker which is uh leatherface's brother he um like burns something in some tinfoil and they're like this guy is weird and then he like yeah cuts his palm and then he cuts franklin and then they kick him out and they're just like really disturbed by him and then later when um the old man who might be leatherface's dad and it might also be his much older brother i have not found a straight answer on it and i think no one knows i i genuinely think nobody knows he's also right. literally just credited as the old man so right whatever um but when he kidnaps sally in the in his truck and he's just like poking her relentlessly with a broken broom and he's also like comforting her at the same time he's like saying like no it's gonna be okay it's all right it's okay don't you there's no need to cry there and she's like on the floor wrapped right. in a burlap sack and she's like screaming and crying and he keeps on jabbing her with a broken broom and it's like this is so messed up and they're not yeah. forcing it it's just genuinely really disturbing yeah like these people 
uh, are just truly insane. Like yeah. they like to inflict pain on others mm-hmm. and they like to experience those little weird things like fire and yeah, pain yeah. on themselves. And they're just trying to survive in their own little neck of rural Texas. Just yeah doing what they do and wanting what they like it's it's just the complete like out fringes of society yeah but like completely lost it you yeah. know yeah like and- i i don't think for the entire course of the movie that they have like a plan mm-hmm. they're just rolling with it you right. know yeah i agree like, completely they're hungry okay what is there around to eat here mm-hmm. Oh, or, oh, cool, some teenagers came by. Let's slaughter them. We'll have some food. Well, I don't even think that the plan was to kill them. I just think mm. it's just like, ooh, it'll be fun if I pretend that I'm in the slaughterhouse again. Mm. Yeah. You know? And yeah, that could be. I, th- I think you, you really see just the pure insanity in the iconic ending moment mm-hmm. where Sally gets away, right? She escapes. And Leatherface is just swinging his chainsaw around. He knows that he's going to hear it from his family. Like, they're going to get after him. Like, you you let her go. And now they're right. going to be super mad at her. Or at him, rather. Crazy. And um, he's also clearly been shown to be definitely abused by um, his family as well. So they, yep. they take advantage of his brutal strength, for sure. So last thing before we hop into trivia... Um, why do you think Leatherface, <laughs> we're just really getting into the psyche mm. here. Why do you think he likes to wear other people's faces on his face? Ooh, good question. Like, I that's f- like the iconic Leatherface thing. Yeah, I mean, his name is Leatherface, so. <laughs> um, I, I personally think it's just like a combination of, you know how it's kind of nice to like feel something on your face? Sure. Yeah, like a little uh, moisturizer mask or something. Yeah, moisturizer mask or like sometimes like sleeping on your stomach. Oh, yeah. That's or like snuggling in somewhere, sure. you know. So I think it's that, but then it's also like the being of the person, mm. you know. Yeah. Like wearing the, the being of the person. Yeah. And I think he's just insane and wants to play by like being other people you know but it's funny because he doesn't act like other people when he's wearing the different faces you know yeah he just acts like himself but just with so maybe it's a trophy too i yeah i don't know yeah i mean he's 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 shown to have like at least three different leather face looks he has his first like slaughterhouse kind of leather face look that we see at the beginning um, when he has his apron and he's actually hacking people up and putting them on meat yep. hooks and whatnot. And then he has his old lady face mask thing. Yeah, the cross-dressing. Yeah, yeah. It, when when they're preparing for dinner, and he in particular is preparing for dinner. Um, and then again later, he's got like a business suit on and he's got a different mask when... I forget why he even changes. Um maybe he changes to actually eat the dinner or, or to be with the family. And then he ends up having to chase her. And that's why he's wearing it still. I think that might be it. That's just, that's like why it's so scary, right? Mm-hmm. Is because it's so unpredictable. Yeah. And you can't like, 
like for instance, I I know someone who's um, afraid of moths. Oh sure. And the reason why they're afraid of moths and why a lot of people have like a moth phobia is because their movement is so unpredictable. Yeah. And they're just so like all over the place. Yeah. And I think that's what we see here, except like rural Texas, like redneck hick type thing, but like truly unhinged. Right. Yeah. Just imagine if those moths were people and they couldn't fly and they also had chainsaws and woody. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and and it's cool because this movie like so obviously um influenced one of our favorite video games of all time dead oh by daylight goodness. oh yes and i i remember when we watched this a couple of years ago um and we were like oh all of this stuff is literally mm-hmm. dead by daylight <laughs> yeah yeah they got so much directly from this movie in particular like um, the hooks being the, the hooks. big thing yes the hooks is definitely the biggest um literally when pam gets hooked she that's the only character that we actually see get put on a hook in this in yeah. this movie even though that's like an iconic staple for for the whole franchise right. um and certainly in dead by daylight it's kind of the whole thing <laughs> it's the thing yeah um, yeah but she like reaches back kind of reacting to being hooked and just the shock of it and yeah. um yeah, and that that position that her hands are in is the exact same position that the survivor's hands and arms are in when they try to escape the hook. They they four percent it. Um, in it's Dead like Daylight. so clear that like that's it. and I mean not to mention Leatherface himself being in yeah, the game, literally as, in the as, game as well. Yeah, but it, it's cool that this has like obviously influenced that and started yeah. that. Um, but. Even though uh, the Sawyer family is so crazy and unpredictable, our show is not unpredictable. Um, you can predict what we're going to do next. You can predict by that transition that it's trivia time. <laughs> no, bad reviews, Zach. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> we're like throwing this whole episode into that Sawyer yep. unpredictable thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even more unpredictable, we're actually doing trivia. What? Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. Uh, all right. First trivia. The soundtrack contains no sounds from musical instruments, with the exception of some copyrighted music that they had the rights to that'll play on, like, radios or whatever when they're driving. Yeah. Um, instead, they use sounds as or, or sounds that an animal would hear inside of a slaughterhouse. I like that. That that gives me like the sense that those sounds are like happening happening inside the Sawyer's head. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they hear like all day. Yeah, like it's kind of a generational thing. They've all kind of carried that with them. The yeah. the the old man in particular who we should mention before we go on the the not the old man but the old old man like the basically the gran- living yeah the grandpa basically yeah. the living corpse guy right right um he uh <laughs> is toby hooper uh who directed and created this movie he confirmed that the old should stop saying the old man the grandfather the old old man yeah yeah the old man times two <laughs> right um he literally lives off of the blood of their victims so there's love it potentially some sort of supernatural thing going on in that because that literally doesn't make sense 
realistically that can't right. happen because they, he's also confirmed to be 127 years old. <laughs> yeah, so so there's this like little bonkers like crazy things happening there. Yeah. And maybe like this one crazy family in rural Texas like figured out yeah, figured out the eternal secret life to immortality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, and and we would just not know because there would just be this messed up isolated family in the middle right. of nowhere. Literally right. kind of connecting, well, I mean, it is and it isn't. It's a loose connection, but it reminds me of our uh, April Fool's episode when we covered the Copeland mm. serial killers who were right. just in the middle of nowhere in, um, I forget where even, literally like the middle of nowhere, America, and they were hiding a whole lot of dark secrets and just nobody knew for a yeah. long time. I mean, has has anyone really tried only drinking the blood of victims? <laughs> like maybe that is the secret immortality and we just haven't tried it yet i'm pretty sure some people have tried because there's some really messed up people in this world mm. mm-hmm. well i'm sorry but we'll we'll never know we'll never <laughs> even we'll though never some know. people have tried it neil is still saying he's down <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, if i gotta live forever i got i gotta do what i gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do it's i gotta so right. be around to watch avatar 2 zach <laughs> whenever that comes out <laughs> you're so right you're so right we'll we'll cover it on the podcast when we're in our 120s <laughs> yes yes a ripe old age yeah yeah uh there were lines of gibberish written in the script for leatherface toby hooper would sit with gunnar hansen who played leatherface and he would tell him what the lines meant, and the actor had to figure out a way to say that without actually speaking. In the scene where the old man comes home and starts yelling at Leatherface about the door, Hansen remembers a take where he communicated a little too verbally. Cooper told him there was too much intelligence in the character, and the shot was redone. And he then said, Hansen said, my one, my one chance to have a line. <laughs> those, those, like secret lines that Leatherface was saying was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please run. I can't, I can't control myself. Oh my yeah. goodness. He, he does actually know what he's doing and he just feels very badly, but he's just too he's afraid so of He's so guilty, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. just terrified he's, of himself. He's a troubled guy, that poor Bubba. <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, this is one of the least bloody horror films of all time. And this is because Toby Hooper intended to make the movie... Uh, for a PG rating <laughs> by huh. keeping the violence moderate language mild and having most of the horror implied off screen rather than shown in great detail on screen. However, this plan had actually backfired and made the film even more horrifying, which I just think is amazing. Yeah. And um, because of this, uh, despite cutting and repeated submissions, the rating board insisted on an X rating. And it Whoa. wasn't. In, I know, I know. And it wasn't until the film received the R rating when Hooper gave up and released it. Hooper had similar rating problems with the sequel as well. Yeah, I mean, the PG-13 rating didn't come out until 1984. Right. So when you hear us say they wanted it to be PG, yeah, PG was a much wider spectrum back yeah, then. Yeah, for for those of you who listening listening who don't know, this isn't like they weren't saying like, hey, this makes a nice kids movie. I think like no, you know, no. you can like 
chill out with your kids, watch some SpongeBob as the night, you know, like it gets a little darker. You're kind of like feeling something a little more intense. Maybe watch some right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and I, 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 I think that like not showing so mm. much is part of the the horror too because i mean we've said time and time and time and time and time again horror is the fear of the unknown yeah. right so not knowing what the sawyer family is going to do next and not seeing a lot of that gruesomeness although i think there is something to be said about finally showing like mm-hmm. at the end yeah yeah um which they do a little bit, but they not nearly to the extent of the reboots. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they do enough. And can I just say, I was thinking when I was rewatching this, I don't know if this was your experience growing up, but um, I didn't watch movies like this growing up. I didn't watch this. I didn't watch Friday the 13th. I didn't watch um, Halloween. I didn't watch any of those. Mm-hmm. Or, or Nightmare on Elm Street. But when I was a kid in elementary school, like my friends and I were like, six seven years old and i talked uh. to my friends and they would be talking about like freddy versus jason and like uh leatherface and friday the three like all of these like big name horror slasher films from around this era and i just felt like i was the one in the wrong because i was missing out because i was right. like i don't know what you're talking about like i've never oh, yeah. seen these and now as, as an adult i'm like what were their parents thinking? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Were you, did you have friends like that too? Oh, I mean, everyone has that friend that like always watched Family Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always watched like all these like inappropriate things when they were like six or seven. Right, yeah. And I mean, I didn't. I started watching these probably in like high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. And and later, so definitely, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Hey, 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 parents out there. Don't show your kids when they're like five, six, seven horror movies where people, you know, die. Well, the the, the the best part is when they complain that it's too violent, and you're right. like, uh, the rating system exists for a reason. Yeah, stop it, Karen. Oh, oh, Look we've talked rating. about this. We have talked about this plenty of times on. The <laughs> it's show. not a movie's responsibility to guide your kids. It's yours. Right. Sorry. <laughs> and evidently, some people don't care either way, and they'll just show their kids whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. Um, due to the low budget, Gunnar Hansen had only one shirt to wear as Leatherface. The shirt had been dyed, so it could not be washed. Hansen had to wear it for four straight weeks of filming in the hot and humid Texas summer. And by the That's end of the great. shoot, no one wanted to stand near Hansen or sit next to him during breaks to eat lunch because his clothing smelled so bad. Method acting, man. Method acting. That was Joe Leto who? <laughs> yeah, honestly, who are you? Um... Speaking of method acting, (laughs) uh, Hansen had also said that during filming, he didn't get along very well with Paul A. Parton, who played Franklin, and he was pretty avoidant towards Hansen, and a few years later, he met Parton again and realized that Parton, a method actor, had simply chosen to stay in character even when not filming, and the two remained good friends up until Parton's death. That's fun. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet. (laughs) Well... He maybe should have communicated that beforehand, but that's okay. Uh, he's a method actor. He takes his work very seriously. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> sure, 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 come sure. on, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, back to the grandpa talk. Uh, after getting into the old age makeup to play Leatherface's 127-year-old corpse-like grandpa, John 
Duggan, who was only a teenager at the time, decided that he did not ever want to go through the process again, meaning that all the scenes with him had to be filmed in the same session before he could take the makeup off. This entire process took about 36 hours, five of which took putting the makeup on. And during a brutal summer heat wave where the average temperature was over 100 degrees with a large portion of it filmed at a dinner scene with him wearing a heavy suit and necktie sitting in a room full of dead animals and rotting food and no air conditioning or electric fans. Wow. Yeah. And everybody later recalled that the stench from the rotting food and people's body odor was so terrible that some crew members actually passed out or became sick from the smell. Edwin wow. Neal, Edwin Neal, who played Nubbins, Leatherface's brother, claimed, Filming that scene was the worst time of my life, and I had been in Vietnam with people trying to kill me, so I guess that shows how bad it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, and I mean, Vietnam was pretty bad. Like, have you seen Tropic Thunder? Like, that was, that was a bad time. <laughs> you, know, you know, I haven't, but um, judging by what I've heard of Tropic Thunder, I also hear it was a riot. <laughs> yeah, it, it was simultaneously really bad and hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Just a good... <laughs> it's the most accurate Vietnam movie for sure. Right, and also, if you've seen uh, Jacob's Ladder, it may have all been a hallucination or they may have all been in hell. I don't know. Yeah, dude. We Just really to, don't know. We don't know. I don't know. It's not like we can ask anybody or read no. any history books. No. We only no, have we fiction can't. movies to look at. <laughs> That's it. That's all we have. That's, That's all it. history. <laughs> Even in his lift boots, Gunnar Hansen couldn't, could run faster than Marilyn Burns, who played Sally. So he had to do random things when chasing her through the woods. You'll notice in one head-on shot that he starts slicing up tree branches in the background. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he's just crazy. He gets, yeah. like, distracted a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. And do, like, different little things. Right. And it works. It works. It doesn't right. feel distracting to the audience. Like, what is he doing? It's like, this guy's just, he has no sense. And it, right. it's, it suits him. I don't know. He's just insane. He's just insane. Uh, Marilyn Burns, whose character was chased by Leatherface through the undergrowth, actually cut herself on the branches quite badly, so a lot of the blood on her body and clothes is actually real. And that's the, uh, that's the only blood in the movie. <laughs> like, honestly, like, kind of close. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and lastly, for the originals trivia, ending on a slightly happier note, According to the actor who played Leatherface's brother, who, if you don't remember, is the hitchhiker who the group picks up at the beginning, Texas state troopers actually shook his hand and thanked him for causing crime to drop 18%. Apparently, the message that audiences took away from the movie was, don't pick up hitchhikers. I, I think that is definitely uh, the message. And also, don't stop while driving through sketchy places. Yeah. Like, yeah. just go, my dude. Just, just, <laughs> just, just get right on through there. And now, just get right on through these ads, dude. Oh, but don't, don't skip them. Like, you can pick up these hitchhiking ads and listen. You can pitch up, <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about the other massacres when we get back. Picture this. You have a long commute to work and just want to listen to a good podcast. But there are too many choices. Anime, film, comic books, science. What will you do? Well, never fear. We are here with all of your podcast needs. Welcome, all freaks and geeks. We are the Square Roundtable Podcast, a collective of Black nerds discussing all things anime, comics, science, and pop culture related. 
Please join us for our weekly podcast every Friday on squareroundtablepod.fandomlimb.com, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Be there and be square. All right. So, unfortunately, um, a big thing that Hollywood likes to do is never let sleeping dogs lie. Never. Uh, when something is successful, they milk it for everything they had. Boy, do that. And there was a new reboot of the Texas Chainsaw movies every 10 years. Mm. Um, except for this current one, which is a year early. So ah. well, now we, we're going to talk about. That must be why Tex- it was so spectacularly horrible. <laughs> oh, it, it, it was the worst one. For it really sure. was. 100%. We're, we're going to be talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was in 2003, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D, which came out in 2013. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which came out in 2022. We will not be talking about The Beginning, mm-hmm. Leatherface, uh, Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. Uh, and I, think that, I think that's it. I think so. Uh, there may be more. Okay. I don't know. Who cares? Although I will say that we may be talking about at least Texas Chainsaw 2. Um, Possibly in Halloween, because there are some pretty noteworthy uh, sequel movies to these fantastically iconic horror films. Yeah, there's some good sequels and there's some not so good sequels. Uh, But we'll talk about those at a different time. Right right now, we got to talk about Jessica Biel. Oh, boy. The um, 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre was directed by Marcus Nispel and stars Jessica Biel, Jonathan Tucker, um this one was not that good it wasn't that good but it wasn't like the worst (laughs) yeah i i I appreciated the more like grizzly stuff that they were going for like they really tried to go for it with Mm -hmm. like how like the fingernails like scraping off and like the clumps of hair and just how grizzly it was but i felt like it was just so aimless yep yep i agree completely which, uh, to be fair, I kind of feel like you could say the same thing about the original, but the twenty the two thousand three version was lacking some seriously important elements, or added some <laughs> really not so great elements into the two thousand three one that were there or were not there in the original, which really right. really makes it suffer. Yeah, I I think like I said before, this movie just really feels like they're acting crazy rather yes. than actually being crazy. Right. Um, a big thing that I really just didn't like about it was the whole thing with the sheriff at the mill. Oh, I know. That's, and him just that's being exactly crazy. yeah yeah yeah. That's exactly where my head went first. Like that just felt so like aimless and like what are we doing here? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Was um the kid was in the kid was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. The kid also just felt like, he felt like a plot device. He just felt like a right. living plot device that just came in handy like once. Like the, the, the Sawyers aren't supposed to be good, like no. at all. No, yeah. They're supposed to be crazy. But I I did like the addition of the, um, the like van mm-hmm. uh, with the ladies drinking tea that like kidnapped children. Yeah, that RV thing. Yeah. And they we were like, Mobile yeah, Leatherface home. doesn't mess with us around here. And I was like, oh, where is this going? Like, who is Leatherface afraid of? Right. And then it was just, oh, no, they're part of the Sawyers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would have been so cool to see if they actually really followed through with what they were basically promising the audience. Or at right. least leading us to believe in. Red herrings are awesome, but you got to do it right. 
Yeah. And it's always kind of a bummer when you see a red herring that could be way, way, way more interesting than where the thing actually goes. Right. And that's what happened. Yeah. And the only good actor in this is Jessica Biel. Um, yeah. Which makes sense because she's the only one that's still famous today. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty the, much. The, the acting was not great. So a couple pieces of trivia for this one. Um, so John Leroquette, who provided the narration in the original movie, uh, became pretty famous after the original movie, but he happily agreed to reprise his role for the remake. So he did the voiceover for this one as well. Great. Real quick. Do you know what his incentive or payment, I guess, was for the original? What? He did not get paid in money as, as most would. Faces. He got paid in just a good old marijuana joint. Oh, really? <laughs> that yeah, that is a absolute fact. He got paid. Must have been a good joint. Must it, it better have been? He that that was some it good narrating. I mean, it, it also must have been if he came back for the two thousand three one. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, to prepare for his role as Leatherface, Andrew Brunaski ate a diet of only brisket and white bread in order to gain weight to nearly three hundred pounds. That sounds horribly not fun. It's definitely unsafe. Please don't do that. Yeah. Um, no matter how good the brisket may be. Um, now, <laughs> don't, one don't, of the, don't risk it for the brisket. <laughs> do not risk it for the brisket. Um, one of the things that I really did not like about this movie was just how bad the editing was. Mm. Especially in like the opening scene, there's a they cut like every like on every line of dialogue. Yeah, they really do. It, it is and messy. some of the. Some of the line, uh, some of the kills are just like they completely cut away from, and not in an artistic way. Not like not like the original does. And and one of the brilliant things about the original is that they don't even necessarily always cut away from the kills. A lot of the time, right. they'll just have them like the framing and the the directing. The camera is always at an angle where you can't really see it quite like head on so that you don't really see the gore but you know what's happening and your mind fills in those blanks but when you're cutting all over the place when your editing is extremely jumpy and choppy right there's just chaos it's it's trying to force a feeling rather than uh supporting the feeling that's already there exactly and one one of the biggest issues was with erin who was the girl that was like the hippie girl where oh, yes. yeah. we like questioned while watching it, like, did she die? Because yeah. Leatherface like slices her back, and then we literally never see her, like, not even her corpse. Right. It just cuts away, like when he cuts her jacket. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, there was a deleted subplot of Erin being pregnant, which is why when they went to Mexico, she quote didn't drink the water or smoke the weed, as they talk about in the final cut interesting and there was a deleted epilogue scene where erin is being interviewed from a mental institution where she had been living for several decades after the events of this film this subplot harkens back to two persistent rumors about the original film in one rumor the supposed true life survivor of the original actual events spent her years in a mental facility and the second rumor alleges that the filming was so audacious that the actress Marilyn Burns, who played the original survivor, went insane and was committed to a mental asylum after shooting. Interesting. I Now, I, this, this is not actually true events. Like, that was right. a lie to promote the film. Right. Uh, I mean, it could have been. I'm sure there's crazy people in Texas. Texas <laughs> seems like a pretty sane place to me. 
I mean, it's um, a big place. There's There's got to be some room for some crazy people. <laughs> but they also, like, cut away from Eren's death to avoid an NC-17 rating. Mm. Um, some sources I found said... So I don't know if they had planned to kill her or planned not to kill her because, like, yeah. the epilogue scene. So I'm like, what do you what do you want here? I would have preferred the epilogue scene. I feel like it feels a little cliche and, like, predictable to see something like that. But I don't mind it. I feel like that maybe would have been fun to see. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So, Zach, this one I really did not like. The, the 2003 one, I thought mm-hmm. it was just trying too hard to be crazy without actually being crazy. But I did appreciate the grisly aspect of it. So I, I think I gave it like half, like one star. Yeah. I think I gave it one and a half, something like that. Maybe two, maybe that's generous though. No, I don't think I did give it two, but no, I agree. It, It was messy. It was forced. I think that they were trying to copy the original way too much. And then it also looks way too dated. It looks way too 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hop ahead 10 years to Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, Directed by John Lucenhop and starring Alexandra Daddario, Tanya Raymonds, and Scott Eastwood. This one was better. But this one was apparently, better. people don't think so. A lot of people hated this one more so than the last one. I, yeah, I, I think I, I said in my review for this one if, you, if you're listening, I, I, I want to hear your direct communication to us. Talk talk to me. Explain your thoughts on the um, Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Talk to us directly through our Instagram. Straight up DM me and let me know what your thoughts were on that. Okay. On uh, our Friday Island podcast uh, Instagram page. Because I really didn't hate that movie at all. And that's like one of the most notoriously hated reboots, reboots yeah. of, of any like horror franchise and i really thought it was good i mean not like not like a great movie but considering the hate that it gets i thought that it was like pretty decent and yeah. i felt very very similarly about this movie and i think that the reason why people have such strong reactions is that they don't like to see everything being retconned and mm. then working off of the originals um I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street in particular, it doesn't consider the original canon at all. So I do get the hate in that sense. But I think that they did a good job with what they had, but whatever. Um, so for for this one, I appreciated that they went in a different direction, not just trying to reboot the first one, but kind mm-hmm. of like making a similar situation, but having like different motives uh, that... and at least all the different survivors felt different from one another, which is not the case in the 2003 one. Absolutely. The editing is a lot better. There's a much more sense of space. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the acting is a lot better than the 2003 one. The the reason I think why people hate those two so much, um, the, the Friday or the, yeah, the, no, not Friday, the, the nightmare on Elm street and Texas chainsaw, 3d reboots so much Mm -hmm. i think is probably because they compare them too heavily to the originals and that makes it so that they don't even see the value that they just have objectively i think that if you were and i had seen the originals for both before the reboots and 
I just think it's very important to separate the two because I think that if you saw the reboots before seeing the originals, you'd probably be like, yeah, that wasn't that bad (laughs) because they're just like not that horrible. And this movie in particular, I think probably one of the weakest things is that it does rely on the 3D aspect of it quite a bit here and there. Not as much as you would think with a movie that has 3D in the title. Um, it's not like Spy Kids 3D or anything. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, there's, there's just like, especially with this one, it, it feels like it's honoring the original while trying Mm -hmm. to have like a little bit of a different tone and a little bit of a different style, but it still considers the first as canon. Like it's technically kind of a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. It just retcons Um, everything between it, I believe. And, of course, like, with the classic line, do your thing, cuz, like, it's clearly not meant to be, like, it's supposed to be a little self-aware and, and yeah. a little fun. They're they're leaning into the the classic campy horror slasher film lines, which I, what, I'm cool with it. Why, let's get more of that. Let's get some more intentionally campy stuff. It's fun. Yeah, as, as, as long as you have some genuine horror mm-hmm. aspects to your horror film. Yeah. I'm okay with it. And honestly, to be fair, like, let's be real for a sec. Sure. This isn't an A24 film. We know that slasher movies are not A24 movies. They're not, this isn't Hereditary. This isn't Midsommar. This isn't The Lighthouse. This isn't The Witch. Like, these are movies that have always been in the vein of being a little campy. So, like, lean into it. It'll be more enjoyable that way. Right. And this film actually pays the most respect to the original out of all of them it has several uh people reprising roles or actors coming back so gunner hansen who played leatherface in the original plays uh one of the relatives boss sawyer in the beginning of the film interesting john dugan who played grandpa in the original film reprises his role in the opening scene of this film like 30 plus years later and then Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally in the original pl- film, plays Verna, who died oh, oh. Um, in, in, in this one, who is Alexandra Daddario's mother. I think, yeah. Or grandmother? I think grandmother. Because she's the one who died, right? We saw yeah. we see her body. I think that's her grandmother. It's just the, one... the whole, like, family she's... thing. Yeah. I, I think it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Um, I think that may be another reason why people don't like it. Cause they're like, well, I mean, you even said earlier, like don't make Leatherface, don't make the Sawyers good. Like we shouldn't care for them. But, and I think that they do kind of do that a little bit in this movie. You know, I mean, the main character well, it, is literally it shows, a descendant um, of them. What's her name? It shows Heather, who's played mm-hmm. by Alexander Daddario. Like she goes a little crazy. Yeah, she does. Like she kind of leans into her Sawyer side. So yeah. I, I don't necessarily think it, portrays them as good i think it just portrays the whole texas as like the rednecks that killed the sawyer family it portrays them as bad yeah but also the sawyers were bad as well you know so yeah i mean there's really like one good guy and it's the sheriff and he's just like right but although at the same can we just bring up like real quick that scene where they're watching the guy film everything go by that when he's going into the basement so bad it's so bad that was the worst part of the entire movie watching the police officer film it they don't send backup they just tell him to go in you know you could simultaneously tell someone to go in and also send backup 
Yeah, like that. Like you can do both. <laughs> it's a very common thing. It's a very smart thing. And then he 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 accidentally he accidentally shoots one of the girls, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, that didn't happen." They yeah. like so quickly cover it up. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, they really they didn't react to it at all. I didn't even think about that. It's, it's so, so stupid. So originally, for this film, a plan for a new trilogy was pitched for the Texas Chainsaw movies. The films would be released out of chronological order, with the second film coming out first and being set almost entirely in a hospital. The next film would be a prequel explaining the events that led up to the hospital scenario. Then the third film would complete the storyline. Feeling that it was too ambitious and risky, the producers opted for a follow-up to the original instead. Honestly... I kind of feel like that was the right move because it's just like it already is what it is like just leave leave the original be don't try to make like a whole new like oh, we're gonna make like an amazing Texas Chainsaw tr- trilogy like almost 40 years after the original came out it's like that's not gonna go well <laughs> I, I I completely disagree I, really? I would like to see something very different I mean I think it would have been fun but I don't know that it would have actually paid off that well. Although like, I will say, imagine that this like horror movie to taking place at a hospital, and then like it's revealed like in the final act that it's like a Texas Chainsaw movie. That's kind of uh, in 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 some part the Leatherface movie. I watched a tiny bit of it today. Well, not a tiny mm-hmm. bit of it, about thirty minutes or so, and it was not great. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, it, it, they really, really, really leaned into, oh, this is in a mental hospital and therefore all of these patients aren't like mentally ill and struggling with various mental illnesses. No, like they're crazy and they're like all in on the craziness. And it's like, love that. Come on, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Come on. We don't need that. Speaking of really not good, the 2022 <laughs> one. Now, this film was supposed to come out in theaters but after so many test audiences were like, this is garbage, they pushed it to Netflix. That is amazing, and I love it. I didn't know that. It's just so clear that this film is just trying, like, throwing all these different things at the wall, like having Sally come back to fight mm-hmm. Leatherface, um, like, all these different things, like trying to make it woke in ways that are just annoying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I completely forgot about just how um, insensitive the school shooter uh, subplot is. Oh my gosh, you're so right. <laughs> That's so bad. Completely oh my goodness. forgot about it. Just using like trauma, like real life trauma yeah. as such like a dumb plot point for your yeah. Texas Chainsaw movie. Like what are you doing? And And we're supposed to believe that this is somehow like gonna gonna make the main character like either relate to leatherface or or defeat leatherface and yet like that doesn't even really follow through very well and the whole movie is just a mess yeah and I, it's it's grossly irresponsible truly it it really is to to My, try to the, use the, that 
the the biggest thing that I didn't like is that they completely changed who Leatherface is. Yeah. Like, Leatherface is not, like, a sneaky villain that, like, is super OP. Yeah. And, like, a myth. Like, they, they basically made him Jason from Friday the 13th. Yeah, pretty much. Like, no. Le- Leatherface is loud. He's clunky. Yeah. He like, messes up a lot. Like, no offense, Leatherface, but he's kind of a bumbling idiot. And that's what exactly. makes him scary. <laughs> right, because he's so unpredictable. Whereas yeah. this just made him Michael Myers slash Jason. It, they boiled it down and broke off everything that made Leatherface who he is and made Leatherface scary. And they're just like, yeah. this is our extremely basic killer. And it, right. it's kind of like what Dead by Daylight did when they tried to get Leatherface, but then they couldn't yet. And so they just made Billy. The they made Billy. the hillbilly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're like, eh, it's like close enough. <laughs> now, they, I, I think the only good part about this movie is the party bus. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like full, like modern special effects, modern CG, but just like super dense actual mayhem. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, Now, two fun pieces of trivia John Leroquette still narrates the opening of this film, which he did uh, with the 1974 and the 2003 one. And the road sign that shows the town of Harlow, it says that it has a population of 1,974. The original Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre movie was released in 1974. Of course. Classic. So now we're going to do something a little fun, Zach. Mm, uh-huh. We're going to do bad reviews, but with a twist. Oh. Now I have uh, five bad reviews for the four movies that we talked about. I'm going to say the bad review and you have <laughs> to guess which Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie the bad review is for. I'm Are so you excited. ready? Yes, I am ready. And and audience, please, please play along at home. Be 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 wise. This this may be difficult. Use your use your thinking caps, okay? Use your thinking caps. And you too, Zach. Put on that thinking chainsaw. Oh, I will. <laughs> thinking chainsaw. All right, here we go. Bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Half a star. Who let directors be this grotesquely horny? That's got to be, that's got to be 2003, right? Because that was, I think, the, well, 2013 was also pretty horny. (laughs) I mean, they're all pretty horny, except for the 2022. That was like the most stale. Right, (laughs) right. In in terms of sex, sexuality. Yeah, which is fine. But, you know, it just, uh, I would say, I would say 2013. Nope, that was the 2003 one. Oh, okay. And I, th- I th- think sense. it's because of the sheriff that was, like, really oh, yeah. kind of rapey. Yeah, yeah, um, gross. But then also, like, I mean, it's a horror movie, so you have to objectify women. Uh, you shouldn't. Yeah, no, <laughs> you should not. that's the rule, apparently. <laughs> that is the the common theme, I guess. Um. All right. So you are 0 for 1, Zach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next up, half a star. This movie was so bad, and it was even hard to watch at points. But then the last 30 minutes was so bizarre and weird that it was almost entertaining. What on earth? Mm. I, I feel like I can't possibly say that for the 2022 version. <laughs> but I also can kind of feel it for the 1974 version. I could feel somebody like kind of disrespecting the 1974, the original. Right. And just being like, it was like super boring. And then the end was cool, I guess. <laughs> right. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say the original. Nope, 2013. Oh, oh gosh. Fair enough. Because the, the, the last 30 minutes of that was, was in the slaughterhouse. 
That's right. Yeah. And they went to an, uh, an amusement park briefly, but I think that was before that. Yeah. So you are 0 for 2, Zach. Sweet, sweet. Doing well. Let's go. <laughs> Half a star. This was literally just an hour of screaming. How do people enjoy this? I think that was also the... I feel like I've seen that review. And and I, I think the, the... I think the original has more screaming than any other. So mm. I want to say that it was the original. You are correct. That is the original. Let's go. 1974. Let's go. You are one for three. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Next up, half a star. I don't want to be a cyber bully, but this was awful. That's 2022, right? You're correct. That's 2022. Yes. Yes. So you have two wrong and two correct. Let's do the tiebreaker. Let's do it. Half a star. Breaking up with my boyfriend as he kept saying so cool and awesome throughout this film. (laughs) I I feel I feel like I'm being I'm being led to uh, uh say 2003. I feel like I feel like a dumb boyfriend would be like, man, that was this is so much fun. Ooh, sorry, Zach. Uh, that was a trick question. That's actually for the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Oh, cruel. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you're wrong, pal. <laughs> devious, evil mastermind. <laughs> That's what I do. That's, that's, uh, that's why they pay you the big bucks. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Well, thanks for joining us for some massacres today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are going through World Texas, don't stop. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. Um, and just sprint and run and try not to fall. Right. And if you're if you're writing horror, don't go for the obvious things. Don't make them creepy sexual. Just have them be absolutely out of their minds, and it's gonna play. It's gonna play better. It's gonna it, it, it's go gonna play subtle. a lot better. Go subtle. Uh, if you like what you heard, please keep listening. Uh, tell your friends and follow us on social media. We do some fun things, especially on Instagram. Oh, yes. Uh, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. This show was hosted and produced by Neil Feeney and Zach Shutt and is a part of the Fandom Limb Media Network. Original album art and graphics by Becca Pinkham at Rebecca and Designs. You can find show notes and sources from today's show on our website, FridayIslandPodcast.com, and network information at FandomLim.com. Follow us on social media at Friday Island Podcast.